And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my good friend, Tyler Grant. Always a great time talking to Ty. Uh, we covered a lot. We talked about the Southwest pilots striking to protest vaccine mandates. We talked about the horrific jobs numbers um, from last Friday. Uh, we, we covered a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Tyler, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, River Get Your Podcasts. Make sure to click subscribe. And if you're on iTunes, please take literally five seconds uh, to give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. It helps us out. Um, and if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Tyler Grant. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Tyler Grant. Ty, how you been, man? Good. Busy, but good. How about you? Same. Same. Um, well, I guess we'll start off here. Happy Columbus Day, man. Or as I like to call it, Democrats whining about how bad white people are day. So uh, it's probably a good thing you're not on Twitter anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to be just sort of a passive observer on Twitter and not really engage in the day-to-day. I'll tell you, it's... Uh, it's a lot healthier for your mindset if you stay off that mess, and uh, it, it is a a massacre of just idiocy every single day. So it's nice to be out of the fray. Yeah, I mean, you should open that app, and it's just a bloodbath, just on a daily basis. By the way, congratulations! You got a you got a dub in our fantasy football league. I lost again. It's been a it's been a rough season so far for both of us, but uh, I don't know. I'm and, still optimistic. I think you got you and I can turn it around. Yeah, just full speed. The whole team centered around Brady. He's a winner. He's one of the greatest Americans. He will continue to win, <laughs> and we will ride on his coattails to success. That handsome bastard just doing doing the darn thing at 50, whatever just, world he is. On a, on a diet of, like, nuts and kale, he's doing he's crushing it. <laughs> he's crushing. He says his dessert is like he'll have a tomato once a week, and that's, like, the only sugar that he has is a tomato once a week. Amazing. Amazing. It's like, I get it, and he's like the greatest athlete of all time, but it's like, man. <laughs> like, uh, my goodness. My goodness. So, uh, big news over the weekend, yesterday particularly. And this is, I, I think this is going to be a lot bigger a deal than, uh, than what people believe right now. But Southwest Airlines, um, their pilots are striking due to the company's vaccine mandate that goes into effect in a few weeks. Over 1,500 flights canceled since yesterday. Um, the press is doing everything they can do to cover it up, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, they said these flights were canceled due to weather, which like, there wasn't like a drop of rain in the entire country yesterday. Um, so I don't know how stupid they think we are, but, um, th- I-, I don't know, man, like, let's just start here. I think this is what it looks like when Atlas starts to shrug. And I, I really, not to sound hyperbolic here, but I-, I really do believe that. I think this could be the beginning of something big. Yeah, it's interesting. It was so, you know, being in Jacksonville right now, and it was the Jacksonville ATC that had all the issues, which downed a lot of the Southwest flights as well, because you have to have air traffic control 
permitting different flights to cross into Florida. And there was all these these Florida, you know, Florida based and Florida departing flights that, you know, couldn't leave or go because there was just sort of a traffic issue, like a logjam issue, which is, a, you know, obviously an FAA safety problem. And it's it's interesting when you see people that have subscribed this idea of what our powerful elite have told us about coronavirus. And if you continue to listen to them and you implement everything that they say into your lives, you realize the sheer amount of discrepancies, problems, issues. And that's not to say that, you know, I, I got vaccinated, got the little J&J guy and I, I followed the I was in New York when all of this went to hell and I followed all the little protocols and wore all the little masks and all that stuff. But we have Dr. Fauci going on TV yesterday kind of pontificating about whether or not we're going to be able to get together at Thanksgiving while we know like the elite. <laughs> get together at the Met Gala. Dr. Fauci's gone to Nationals games and he's been, you know, hamming it and without, you know, a mask on and whatever. I mean, it's just at a certain point when you tell the average American things and then the elites do the complete opposite thing. And now you're making this policy that's like, oh, this this vaccine of which doesn't really based upon the, the whole Delta variant you know, surge and how the media irresponsibly reports people that got COVID after the Delta, you know, after being vaccinated, you know, you got to kind of look at that. If you're a person that got COVID has not got COVID since, and then you're being told like the antibodies are, are sufficient. You got to kind of look at that. Like, why would I, why would I take this vaccine if I can still get COVID either way? You know, people, you know, make responsible choices about their own health care. And, you know, if I'm a if I'm a pilot and I'm I'm saying that why would I do this if I get sick or if there's a blood clot problem or anything like that, you got to kind of wonder like let let these people make their own decisions. But that's not what our elites have decided, and they've decided that it's going to be a uh, a condition for you know remaining employed. And you know, people are pushing back because they're they're sick of it. They're sick of being told you know the sky is green. And having to regurgitate that the sky is green and the second they say, hey, maybe the sky might be blue, they get fired from their job. People are sick of that. They're tired. They're, they're over it. It's time to move on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 100 percent right. And a lot of you know what people need to understand about airline pilots, the, I, I believe a majority, uh, an actual majority of them are like ex-Air Force um, mm-hmm. or ex-military. Um, you know, so these are guys that, you know, demographically speaking, you know, are patriots who care about you know, silly little things like freedom and stuff like that. But um, it, the reaction to the Southwest thing in the last 24 hours is telling. And because they're squirming, man. I mean, like the elites, the press, like they are, I, I'm watching the bad guys scramble. And typically that's a good sign. When Democrats are afraid of something, it's typically a good sign. And, and watching the press behave the way they are is a good sign, I think. I, I think they, they see that they're losing control. You know, they try to blame the air traffic controllers, and that union says, no, there wasn't any issue here. And they blame the weather, even though there wasn't a, a cloud in the sky coast to coast <laughs> yesterday. Um, I'm not sure how they thought they could explain this away. I mean, Southwest canceled almost 1,200 flights yesterday alone, and Delta, who's a much larger company with, with way more flights daily, um, who does not have a vaccine mandate, only canceled three. Um, three out of, you know. I don't know how many thousands of flights Delta has uh, on, on a daily basis. Um, so, I mean, I like that we're watching the bad guys scramble to, to cover up reality. Um, because if people are stuck on vacation, can't get home, people are missing work meetings, you know, their kids' birthdays, things like that. Um, 
you, you just can't cover it up. I mean, people, this is affecting real people. I mean, uh, I mean, just personally, so the audience knows, Tyler wasn't supposed to be on the show today. You're, you're doing me a huge favor by stepping in last minute. My original guest is stuck in D.C., wasn't able to make it home because her uh, Southwest flight was canceled. So, I mean, when this starts affecting people en masse, you know, the, the government and the press won't be able to cover it up. Well, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, too. Like, just to be clear, for a major airline to cancel a flight requires severe weather or a staffing issue. And, you know, to the point, like, you know, whether or not there are like a couple clouds or a couple little rain patches across the nation. I mean, to cancel a thousand flights or more is is a huge event that in any other administration would be covered as as a failing of the presidency and the presidency's policy related to vaccines. But because we have a Joe Biden who honestly, I don't even know if there was weather, if you'd be able to get out of the rain. You know, they, they have to they have to run interference for this because they cannot afford the losses that they're, they're going to suffer in 2022 because it'll make Joe Biden, a, in effect, a lame duck president, you know, 11 months into his presidency. And they're already they're already terrified of that. When we have like the debt ceiling problem, you had Afghanistan, you have the just complete bungling of coronavirus, this weird sort of haphazard vaccine mandate that he pressuring private companies, but not really pressuring the government, but not really. And at the end of the day, you look at this like, what what kind of leadership are you actually bringing from the Oval Office? And the answer is none. And, and we know it's none. Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely correct. And I mean, the White House's strategy is to, I guess, just for Ron Klain to try to tweet through it, man, just to keep, just keep retweeting Jen Rubin. I will, I will never I will never understand. I mean, I, I get that these people have to run sort of a public private persona or whatever. But if I was if I were, I guess, White House chief of staff, I would hope to God that I would be spending my time doing something actually valuable rather than spending any amount of time on Twitter trying to sort of create this smoke screen of a facade that we're doing things in the White House, but actually doing things. I mean, there, there are actually substantive things that they could do and go out and do. I mean, Joe Biden talks about how he's this this great unifier and how he's going to bring the country together and you know no more mean tweets and all that nonsense. He literally could have done all of this by going out and and working with Republicans and not villainizing Republicans and you know you get the sense when you actually look at the data the people that are not getting vaccinated are poor people male right. you know by far and large like it's not Republican it's not Democrat it's poor people who don't fully understand what's going on or are not getting the information that they need. Or have been told one thing by the you know Trump presidency, one thing by the Biden presidency, and as the politics flipped at the beginning of 2021, their reasons for getting vaccinated turned on their heads as well, and they were kind of like, eh, you know, is this something I really need to do? I'm going to wait and see because it is putting something in your body, and it you know it came out less than a year ago. Let's be honest about that. And yeah. so if you if you look at that, like Joe Biden could have done that. We could have followed any sort of normal retreat plan from Afghanistan. We could have any sort of honest conversation about the economy and what we're doing and inflation and the debt ceiling and any of these things. But they, they don't want to do that. They have to villainize rich people, but not their rich people. You know, you can't can't villainize the people in Silicon Valley that keep keep Twitter and Facebook from, you know, helping them out and helping helping their stuff. You've got to villainize like these very specific types of rich people uh, and make them. They're the reason why the government's you know falling apart and money is falling apart. We can't we can't talk about supply chains and why inflation's going up and supply and demand we have to talk about it's sort of trump's fault but it's not really but kind of and 
it's just it's all it's all a mess and it's all such a weird smoke screen and i i think to some extent you're right people are starting to actually see through this and say what am i really getting out of this and and the answer is not a lot i'll tell you what could change you know i saw you know some people on twitter this morning are saying like you know how big of a deal are these uh uh, these airline strikes, uh, how big of a deal is it? Uh, is this going to bring the end of, you know, vaccine mandates and passports and all that? And I don't think so. But I I'll, I will tell you what could change everything, and that's the truckers. You know, you're thinking, obviously, the Biden White House and, and even state and local governments are having issues with these large, powerful unions, right? Like even the teachers' unions. They they want to mandate vaccines for everybody, but these unions are like, you know, no. Yeah, good good luck you with know? the teamsters, bro. Good luck with yeah. the teamsters. I'm I'm sure that they're gonna I be know. down. These bros that are in a truck by themselves, running cross country with all of our goods and service, you know, goods to every corner of the United States. I'm I'm sure you know those those guys are gonna totally be on board with being told what to do. Total totally. I'm I'm sure it'll be fine. And we're already looking at a jacked up supply chain right now. I mean, we have thousands of ships anchored offshore, unable to unload their cargo. Um, the entire trucking industry is, is, you know, understaffed and, and overworked and overwhelmed. And look, I mean, if something like a team, the teamsters strike, if even a per- percentage, like a 25% of, of truckers strike, man, it'll hurt. I mean, that, that would be the entire economy screeches to a halt at that point. That's what people, people don't understand how important this industry is. And that could be the true game changer. It would actually affect people in the way like this Southwest strike, uh, isn't gonna it's gonna affect mostly rich people, um, you know, people that fly all over the place for work. Um, but if truckers strike, man, I mean, the economy screeches to a halt. People start to hurt. People go without food. Um, I'm not as concerned. I hunt and fish. <laughs> you know, I'm fine eating like wild fish and game every day. It's delicious. But like most people don't, and they don't have a stockpile of food like I do and all that. And like, look, man, these people must be stopped. Like, no matter how much pain something like this would cause like it's kind of feeling like we're living in the end game right now. (laughs) Like now is the time. Like if these people aren't stopped, I don't know in a year from now or five years from now, what freedoms we have left. So I, I, we do need like our Atlas shrug moment. And I don't think it's happening quite yet, but I think if these strikes expand to, you know, just off the top of my head, the teamsters, right. I think that could be a game changer that could put the government back in their place. There was a, a politics professor that I had. I got two points off of that. The first is there was a politics professor I had many years ago, Washington and Lee, who always said, the next time you go to the District of Columbia, just observe when you're walking around and you're near the Capitol, you're near the White House, what political organizations are close by both. And that can really give you a, a very clear indicator about who holds the power in this country. And so, as, you know, if you're near the Capitol, if you spend any time in Washington, D.C., you know that the Teamsters building is quite close to the Capitol. Yep. And there's a reason for that. There is a very, 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 very strong reason for that. And that is that their lobby is very strong because they possess a lot of power in this country. All of a sudden, if truckers stop doing, you know, trucking freight across this country, things are going to get real tight real fast. And I think that a lot of people haven't thought through, especially this administration, what that means for an actual open, open and free society. Although there is a more sinister take, which is my second point, that 
the idyllic society that the Biden administration and certain you know more radical progressive Democrats have is a society very similar to some of the experimental COVID protocol stuff that's taking place in Australia right now. And I don't know if you want to get into that at all, but it, a quick 40,000 foot version is that one uh, of the provinces of Australia, and I don't exactly remember which one, but they are implementing sort of a pilot program that has citizens download an app on their phone that the government for people that are quarantining from COVID will randomly be texted. You have to send us a photo of you in your quarantine location that's geotagged. And if you don't, within a certain time frame, the government and medical officials are going to show up to your house and there'll be civil penalties for that uh, and potentially criminal penalties for that. And I think that we're moving very rapidly towards a, a system like that when you see how it is that the you know, the elite progressive vaccinated people talk about those on the political opposition that are unvaccinated, how they talk about those people and what should be done about those people. And the kind of vitriol that you see from that is pretty nasty. And when you think about the way that their their worldview plays out in practice versus our side and sort of the libertarians being sort of a live and let live kind of model and their model being sort of like a, a collectivist, you know, so long as we're moving the progressive agenda what's the what's the quote that we'll, we'll have to crack a few eggs yeah uh but you know as, we, as we're moving towards that model i mean to some extent whether or not the supply chains fall apart if they do it leads to this sort of secondary model because then they can attribute the fact that those people are not helping us and therefore here's the situation that we're in versus taking sort of a, a high-minded mindset that says Oh, we put those those workers in that situation, therefore leading to the second situation. But you know, no one no one calls these people on that kind of logical, you know, obviousness. But whatever, that's that's sort of where we're at. I'm I'm, ta I'm talking too much, but that's that's sort of like the the mindset that I have about about what you're saying. No, you're absolutely right, and I just think I don't think the Biden White House and the Democrats have thought this through, man. Like, I don't think let's say that there's there's a major breakdown temporarily in the supply chains. I mean, dude, let's just say there's a food shortage, right? That's what a lot of people are talking mm -hmm. about right now. Who does that affect? I mean, it, it affects first and foremost Joe Biden voters. They're going to be the ones without food on the on the shelves. I mean, it doesn't affect the middle upper middle class Johnny Q white guy who lives out in the country who can just buy a side of beef from jack the farmer up the road <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's like the inner city like blacks and hispanics and and you know th those folks who are going to go to the grocery store and there's just nothing there at walmart and kroger and, and everything else you know what i mean like it's it's going to hurt their own constituencies harder and, and quicker than everybody else like i think they're going to get they, they they better mind their p's and q's and and who they want to really push hard on this vaccine stuff because I think it's going to come back to bite them. And then just side note, demographically speaking, it's not like redneck Trump voters who aren't getting vaccinated. If you look at the statistics, it's African-Americans who are, are the least likely to be vaccinated. And it's just, it's just, it's just poor people just across, yeah, across right. all demographics. It's, it's low income. People are not getting vaccinated for, for the most part. And yeah, they're, they're not, they're not thinking this through. Yeah. I think they're going to just come come into reality headlong. And, and also, just speaking on, on the economy, this got lost over the weekend. 
um, with all the, the strike stuff and, you know, a crazy week of football, <laughs> college and the pros. But the economy is still on the ropes. I mean, like this is we're looking at a recession. I don't think we ever made it out of the recession the way we're supposed to. I mean, they, if you look at coming off of like a self-imposed artificial destruction of the economy, like the economy should be growing at like. I mean, I don't know what our GDP growth should be coming out of like full lockdowns, like 20 percent, like it's something crazy. But it's just not um, the Biden White House expected 500,000 new jobs last month. The real number was one hundred and ninety four thousand. Um, also, just an interesting note from Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary on Friday as well. She said, I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of, oh, we'd love, you know, to have lower gas prices. But if gas is cheap, nobody will stop driving cars. <laughs> you, know, like, you people need to be punished. You know, for driving a car. So it's like, I, I'm not sure why she felt compelled to say the quiet part out loud, but man, this administration on every level is taking a jackhammer to the United States economy. They're hurting people. They're hurting our future. Honestly, like if the destruction was intentional, I don't know how it would look much different than what it does right now. Well, I mean, they they, they have to have some sort of, I don't know, comms thing to come out of this because they're, they're, the, they're the reason I mean, they shut down the Keystone Pipeline making obviously gas and and natural gas more expensive period like i mean they're they are the cold behind all things that they they you know are are trying to obfuscate and they don't really know exactly how to handle it and i mean if you really run the kind of democratic party line really hard and say like the climate change agenda is like less people less people you know traveling doing all the all the different things that you know quote unquote hurt the environment i mean this is like a utopia for them where everybody stays home. Nobody goes to work. You know, the, the environment is the, is the most well off. But I think, I think when it comes down to the actual, the actual economy and getting things back going, it's, it's that this, this craziness. And I, I attribute a lot of this to the, the reporting class and how deeply irresponsible those people are with how they report about coronavirus. And that is, that has led to this sort of, echo chamber and, and vacuum of intellect and facts that every time that they say these things and every time they, they put out these crazy articles, it's like, you know, I mean, there's there's so many examples. It's not even funny at this point where it's like, you know, party in Martha's Vineyard leads to breakthrough cases of people that are vaccinated. And like you, you actually like dig into the actual details of it versus the headlines like, you know, 20 people got 20 people got sick of a party of hundreds of people. And it was only because you know, everybody that was there was vaccinated. So it's just, it's, it's all, when you get down to the nitty gritty of the facts, of these things and see the irresponsibility of it and people shut down businesses because of these, these articles, it's absolutely, absolutely insane. Yeah. And, and, and they're, I mean, they're trying to bar half the country from going to work because they don't want the unvaccinated to work because they want to, you know, destroy their political opponents. And then they're scaring the crap out of all the vaccinated people. So they won't go to work. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like you're mandating that unvaccinated people can't work. You're scaring the living piss out of all the people who are vaccinated. So all the lefties in, in blue states won't go to work because they're too scared. It's like, OK, well, who's working, guys? Like, but like they're not scared. Like, they're not scared. And, and that's and that's a, like a line, too, that I've like heard from people. And I'm like, dude, you guys are morons. Like, all you're doing is preventing people from being productive. Like, I'm telling you, the state stadiums are, are chock full. Concert venues, chock full restaurants chock full people just don't want to work because they told you why why do you have to like here's a fatty check you don't have to go to work and if i'm a person that's being you know i'm a, a forty thousand to thirty thousand 
dollar worker and I'm being told, okay, my, my alternatives, I'm going to get a couple hundred dollar check from the government twice a month, or I have to go work a 40 to 50 hour work week, because let's be honest, there's no such thing as a 40 hour work week anymore. Like, why, why would I do that? Why would I make that concession? People aren't actually scared of this stuff. It's, it's they've systematically reworked the way that people view work. And people are like, why would I do this? And so people are just leaving the workforce entirely. That, that's like the unseen principle of all this. It's, it's kind of scary. Yeah, I mean, you're right. But on, on a large scale, I, there are a lot of people. I mean, because I live in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I live in one of the bluest counties in the country. Um, and trust me, I know a lot of people. I mean, most of my friends and family members are, are very left wing. You know, they're all Democrats. I know a lot of scared people still. I mean, there are, you know, really? rest, oh, yeah. Okay. I know yeah. a lot of people that, yeah. that buy into the propaganda and are just terrified. They're wearing literally two masks and stuff like that. They're lining yeah. up to get booster shots, even though they're 30 years old. I mean, like, literally. I mean, I know a lot of people that okay. are actually still buying this nonsense and are still terrified. But but you're right. I mean, I mean they they've created a culture of not working over the last 2 years. I mean it's like I mean shoot. I mean I thought we were already there as <laughs> a culture before, but I mean they they you know have been disincentivizing people to go to work for 2 years. My gosh. Dude, and it's hard enough you you people in Toledo, man. And down down here in Florida, like I wrestled like two alligators this weekend without a mask. <laughs> <No? laughs> without a mask. <laughs> but that's interesting. Okay. Well, there you go. Shoot. Want to hear something else interesting? Because I'm coming up on uh, hunting season. This is such a bizarre story that I read uh, over the weekend. Um, they they've been testing. I don't know why they're wasting their time with this, but they've been testing deer, deer, white-tailed deer across the country, and like something like 60% of white-tailed deer being tested. This one study was out of Michigan, tested positive for COVID. <laughs> I've seen some like animal transmission stuff. It's interesting. Are they getting it from like us? How does it work? I, I don't know anything about this kind of thing. Who, it was... who knows, man? The bad faith Chinese actors, they might have released like a, a sick deer and made this all happen, man. They they're deeply irresponsible over there. Yeah, I'm still going to shoot a COVID deer and eat it medium rare, though. Huh? They can't Dude. stop me. In this economy, why wouldn't you, man? I mean, <laughs> it is interesting. I, I will say, I, I want to do. I, I do want to talk about this real quickly. There was an article, and I can't remember. I can't remember where it was, but it was like a mainstream media outlet that was talking about the millennial generation. By far and large, is softer than the generations above us, and testosterone levels are way, way down. And they also kind of were talking about how like the skill sets of just sort of do it yourself hunting home, you know, just general home stuff, building stuff is, is so far afield from our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation. It was, uh, it's kind of alarming when you think about guys like us that like, you know, you go hunting and fix things around the house, that kind of stuff. I mean, the average millennial like does not like clean a pipe or, you know, find a stud like that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just like terrifying. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, I don't even want to toot my own horn. Like there's so many things, like I was working on my boat motor over the weekend, like there's so many things that I'm just constantly frustrated that I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like, man, this should be easier for me. Like I should have way more of these skills than I have. I just didn't. It's like our generation, man. We just didn't grow up having to be as capable as other generations. You know what I mean? So we have just a generation of uncapable men, you know, yeah, no, like it's, it's crazy, bad. you know, bad. 
it's 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 kind of sad. It's like what happened what happened to men. So I'm uh, I'm interested. As, I mean, I think some of that feeds into some of this, like where people are just not like, you know, like, could you imagine? Could you? I mean, honestly, like you and I have talked about this before. Like, could you imagine raiding the beaches of Normandy with with the modern day men? Like yeah. we we would the average American male would be like. I don't know, like, uh, is it like who, you know, what, what are we really, you know, uh, 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 it's just like, it would be trans, so sad. trans issues, just like <laughs> behind, you know, they, they'd be, you know, no one would go. It'd be yeah. terrifying. Like, you, you know, I've talked about this before. Like we, the China, if China invaded, I mean, China invading Taiwan, let's be honest, like we're, we're going as a country, Biden is going to do absolutely nothing, period. Uh, oh, I'm surprised the Chinese haven't already. Why wouldn't they? Why, I mean, I, I would have last month. As soon as as soon as Afghanistan happened, I would have. I mean, yeah. Who would stop them? We, I mean, that, I was you 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 know you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to ask because you spent time in China. Um, uh, you know, are Chinese men like this? Nope. Nope. How about Russian men? Nope. No, absolutely no. not. No, I mean, you know? I the China. I mean, I can speak. I I can't really speak the, to Russian, but I'll tell you. Chinese men are super focused on the mission. I mean, obviously, propaganda and having being required to serve your country certainly perpetuates a, a patriotic mindset. But I mean, they are very focused on the mission. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, they've been angling for an opportunity since Chiang Kai-shek left mainland Taiwan or mainland China and fled to Taiwan. They've been looking for an opportunity to repossess Taiwan and make it abundantly clear that the Chinese People's Republic of China flag hangs above Taipei. And I, I'll tell you what, man, I we sell them a lot of stuff, but we sell them a lot of old stuff. And China makes a lot of new stuff. And, you know, when you look at the actual, you know, movement of what could possibly happen where, I mean, it, it went, you know, it obviously went un, unreported because, you know, the Biden administration was doing what they do. But I mean, China essentially repossessed Hong Kong and no one said anything. Yeah. That happened. It's like, yeah. you know, they, they passed the, the national whatever law it was, which essentially made every crime committed in Hong Kong a crime against Beijing. And that was that. Sovereignty's over. Like, I, I don't know, you know, and we didn't talk about it. And I guarantee you, you know, China, Taiwan is like one of our buddies, one of our allies. And we treat them like crap, period, end of story. And I guarantee you that, you know, a, a group of ships enters the, the China Sea or the South China Sea or, you know, the Strait, and it's over. Like, we, we would do nothing to stop them. It's over. I mean, dude, look, like, to quote— They could, they could conquer it in, like, a day and a half. It's not, it's not yeah. the logistically complicated part it would be some of the mountainous regions on the east. But, I mean, the, the one of the big China, Taiwan arsenals is in spitting distance from, like, what is it, Macau, maybe? Yeah, I forgot what the the islands called. A bunch of people from the Fulbright Fellowship that I was on were were stationed there, and they would they would take like a little boat, like a like a little little tiny boat over to China to go gamble and come back. So I mean, it's it's in spitting distance. They would they would just level that island in an afternoon. Yeah, and it's going to happen probably this year before yeah, the end of the year. Buzzing it. They've been buzzing it with with fighter jets all all year so far. Ever since. Yeah, Something like 500 flybys already, uh, yeah. Just in the last month. So I mean, yeah. I, look to quote Barack Obama, man. Elections have consequences. I mean, just the the path of destruction that this administration is leaving behind. I mean, dude, we're only nine months in. 
10 months in. <laughs> Joe Biden has not been president for very long. Um, when you're talking domestic policy, the economy, if you're looking at Afghanistan, um, an emboldened Russia, an emboldened China, you know, we're probably looking at the fall of Taiwan here this year. It's like, my goodness, man, it didn't have to be this way. It, 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 it did not. It did not have to be this way. Like, not at all. Not at all. And, and, you know, and it's funny, too, because I don't know if you listen to like the Ruthless podcast or some of, you know, some of those other conservative podcasts. But a lot of people make fun of the Joe Biden presidency for being like the, the quote unquote West Wing presidency where they'll do nothing, say nothing and then get up on, on stage and say these like these weird like Aaron Sorkin esque kind of little speeches that are right. just like here. We are the unifiers and we've returned decency and all this crap to the, the White House and whatever. And it's like. Our enemies don't fear us. Our allies don't trust us. Our economy is tanking, and it you know it might it might be like artificially holding on because we have we have so many people and people participants in the economy. But our actual value that we're being we're bringing, which are very different things, as as anybody that assesses this relative to inflation knows, our value as an economy is at best holding stagnant and maybe sinking a little bit. You got to wonder. What exactly is going to happen when all of these factors work together against the United States of America? And the answer is half the country. Or I shouldn't say half the country. It's probably like 33 percent of the country doesn't care and is very happy and hopeful that America doesn't succeed because we're, you know, this quote unquote bad whatever. And you got to kind of wonder how long could that, that survive? And I'm telling you, unless unless we retake the House. And and get a couple, you know, pick up a couple Senate seats just to hold them off in 2022. God knows what could happen because it's. I, I'm telling you, like when when all three of those factors work together, there is nothing to stop like a, a a greedy China from basically boxing us out worldwide. Of which, you know, that's going to have significant consequences, as we all know already. So, you know, let's just, let's let's see how it plays out. But if we don't if we don't win, it's going to be very bad. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with you there. Um, on that very cheery note, we, we can we can end, we can let's end on that. Uh, uh, that that's really encouraging to, to hear all that. <laughs> Tyler, thanks so much for uh, doing this on short notice, man. I always uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.